It is episode 18 of Football A Podcast, the NFC North preview. Um, this is the last of our season previews, and we enter the lull, not of the podcast, but the NFL season prior to training camp. So I'm here with Bill. I'm here with Matt. Who's excited to talk a little bit NFC North? Um, little things up in the air, possibly with Rodgers being MIA. Uh, so I was actually going to pitch something. So what what do you guys think? the over under is on on the number of times we mention Aaron Rodgers name. <laughs> um, I'd say a dozen. That's what I'd say. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 25. Yeah, I might be yeah. low. It's going to be a lot. The fewer the better in my <laughs> eyes, but whatever, we'll talk about him. I'll try to I'm going to try to just talk about the team around him. Um, and not Aaron Rodgers because I'm just assuming he's coming back. Um, he's not going to be a lunatic and write a check for $30 million because he doesn't like a guy. So that's what I'm assuming, at least. It's a baller move, though, if you would do that. Just write a check just because you don't like a guy out of principle. <laughs> and then you just, like, wake up in the morning and, and do, like, scrambled velociraptor eggs or something. You know, just just total baller. <laughs> Salt that off with some diamond dust, like, like the Chappelle show. Yes. Oh, so we'll get uh, we'll get right. We have no we have no um, uh, angry uh, uh, twitters or tweets this time to discuss, uh, but we do encourage the engagement. So if you if you can talk to us on Twitter, we'd love to hear it, and we'd love if you visited the the website and checked uh, checked out our content that wasn't just our episodes that was some of our long form stuff. So, anyways, NFC North start as always last place we discuss first. Uh, the Detroit Lions, uh, Matt Patricia, mid-season firing, enter Brad Holmes and coach uh, Dan the Man Campbell, and not a whole lot went right with them last year. The end of the Matthew Stafford era, it really ended with a thud. Um, Jeff Akuda, their first-round pick last year, looked um, terrible. <laughs> uh, their light spot or their their bright spot was DeAndre Swift, who had a decent rookie season despite not getting all the work. Um, so I guess no one's probably projecting this team to win the Super Bowl or the division or anything. But how do you think their how do you think their rebuild's going? Like how how many you know year? I guess it's kind of hard to predict how many years away they are. But I guess what are you, what are your thoughts so far of of the Holmes and Campbell era? Uh, so far, I, I I think Campbell has brought a level of excitement to to the franchise, um, and and that's good. Um, it's going to be a couple years though. And I, I never like putting a, a number on years of rebuild just because it's, it's a fool's errand. I mean, there have been teams, you know, looking particularly at the Lions that have been rebuilding since, you know, basically their inception. Um, there's, there's a couple things to like and a lot of things not to like about this team. Um, one of the things to like though is Dan Campbell. I do think that he, um, like I said, brings some energy to the head coach position. Um, you know, I, I hate to, to beat a dead horse here, but, um, you talk about addition by subtraction and another head coach <laughs> leaving that was better, um, for, for the, for the team is, is Matt Patricia. You know, he tried so hard to make this, you know, um, Foxborough West, um, but it, it, it never seemed to work. I think the the players were checked out, um, even before the season started last year. Um, I mean, it was just a bad situation. Um, uh, you know, I think they got worse at the quarterback position. I'm not, I'm not, you know, beating up on Jared Goff. Um, but I, I feel like if you're the, the, you know, former number one overall pick, 
and you've already gone to a Super Bowl with a team and they basically, you know, get rid of you for a guy that's been to the playoffs like once. Um, that tells you all you need to know about, you know, what your former team thought of you. Um, they'll, they'll be drafting, I think, in the in the top, probably the top five this year. Uh, DeAndre Swift, yeah, I, I think he played well. Uh, the other guy I really like is Jamal Williams. I think they could they could really um, be a, a good one-two punch. I think the line is probably going to be the strength of this team. I think the addition of Pene Sewell is exactly what this team needed. I think if they have any hope of playing well, um, they need to run the ball. You know, if they have any hope of winning games, because right now, um, you know, I'm not seeing it. Uh, on the uh, on the wide receiver front, I mean their best receiver is probably T.J. Hawkinson, um, and his his you know his his upside is all theoretical. Um, you know, obviously he was he was highly regarded coming out of college, and he's he's shown flashes. I, my, my God, I think his his first game he was over 100 yards receiving um, his rookie year, but um, th- there was some injury issues there with him as well, but. When you're trotting out Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman, and Quintez Cephas as your starting three wide receivers, it's not going to help. Um, this team is a long way from contention. I do think the offensive line, though, is a, is a strength of the team, and I think that they could steal some some games um, when you're combining, you know, sort of the um, Dan Campbell, you know, sort of you know, they never give up on him and those types of things with a, a half decent running game. Um, but it's, it's going to be a couple of years. Uh, th- they'll draft a quarterback in the next, you know, year or two. Um, and we'll see where they're at then. Um, the, the defense is, the defense is okay to below average. I mean, they've got, you know, like Jamie Collins. Uh, let's hope that Jeff Akuda can, can find his footing in year two. Um, there's not there's not a hell of a lot to like, honestly, about the defense. Yeah, no. um, so that's obviously going to be a, a major concern. Um, Dan Campbell is not a defensive coach. Um, this this team is going to finish in the basement again. I've, I've got them at five wins. Um, and really the only reason I have at five wins is really just because of the offensive line. Um, it's going to be a long year, but I think that there's reason for hope um, because when they draft, you know, high next year, they should be able to get, um, you know, a, a decent quarterback or, or find, try to find somebody. But you also, it's not just a quarterback question. I mean, he's got nobody to throw the ball to outside of TJ Hawkinson. So going to be a tough year in Detroit. Um, not, atypical for this team um but but reason for optimism uh is something that i see as a uh, you know in the line so um i i got them at five wins matt what do you think yeah so i'm going to start with reasons reasons to be optimistic um and your initial question zach was about how how do we think the rebuild is going thus far and what i like f- from what i've seen is the strategy that Brad Holmes is pursuing seems to align really well with the type of team that Dan Campbell wants to have. I think this is you know really the first time that the Lions have brought in someone who truly wants to run the football, wants to build his offense around running the football, 
and stopping the run on defense. Um, and so the hallmarks, you know, some moves that they've made and, and aspects of the roster, uh, the roster that I really like. Um, with Andre Swift, we've already talked about uh, dynamic playmaker, explosive athlete, the type of guy that behind a great offensive line can be a really top tier running back. Um, I love the draft pick of Penny Sewell. You know, we we talked a lot about how uh, before the whole Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson thing, he should have gone number two overall, uh, probably the second best prospect in the draft. Uh, I, you've got three good ones. I like Taylor Decker. He's been a stalwart. I like Frank uh, Ragnow, and I like Penny Sewell. You got three good offensive linemen and two pieces that I think are are you know pretty decent decent components uh, of a good offensive line. I like what they have um, along the defensive front so far. Um, Michael Brockers bringing him in. You've also got Deshaun Hand as someone who I think, again, one of those guys that gets a change of scenery, doesn't quite have those expectations on him of being a high pick. He's more of a role player now. I think he'll thrive in that role. I like Levi um, Onwazuriki. Um, who, despite the the fact that I can't pronounce his name, um, was a pretty good piece out of Washington a few a few years back that I think is going to continue to develop. Uh, you've got uh, Jamie Collins in the middle, Trey Flowers on the outside, who uh, someone who came from New England was really productive in New England, not so much productive um, as productive under uh, Matt Patricia, but. You know, I think uh, a coach like Dan Campbell is going to be able to maximize what they're going to get out of him. Um, the secondary remains a question. I'd like to see Jeff Akuda continue to mature, but again, I'll give him a bit of a pass. Last year was just a kind of a dumpster fire of a year. Um, he's got all the raw talent, um, and I think you know he's he's going to improve this year. So what I like emphasis on the run game. Emphasis on the offensive line, emphasis on the defensive front. They're not there yet, right? They're not there, but there's some good pieces that they can build around, and, and they've got the right strategy uh, to pursue. Um, some decent young pieces in their wide receiver core. Um, Quintez Cephas, I think, is someone who was productive at points last year. Uh, I liked the draft pick of Amon Ross St. Brown, um, someone who I think can maybe play a little bit of a slot role this year, uh, but he's going to get playing time. Tyra Williams, Brashad Perriman, and their other top two wide receivers. Uh, it's unlikely that both of them make it through the season unscathed. Uh, so I think you're going to see some significant playing time from him. I think he's someone who could be productive this year Hawkinson will continue to develop um, so I think there's this really nice alignment Dan Campbell wants a hard-nosed tough franchise he's brought in players that fit that mold Brad Holmes seems to be on the same page in terms of how he wants to draft and how he wants to build this roster um, I even like the Jared Goff trade um, and the reason I like it is that Dan Campbell has been very uh, forthright since he was hired into this into this job um, that he wants folks that are going to compete and Jared Goff is going to be given the opportunity to compete not just for the starting role I mean he's obviously going to be their starter but it, he's competing for his life so I think Campbell's building that culture of competition and and a, a harder nosed culture and this is a team that listen they're still going to finish in the bottom. They're 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 fourth in division. I have them at five five wins, um, but 
there's some really nice pieces here that I think over the next couple of years are going to develop well. I think they're going to be in a prime spot um, to draft. The Texans are going to draft first overall to the worst team in the league. But if they're in like that second or third slot, uh, they're in a good position to grab like Kayvon Thibodeau if we're talking about 2022 draft. I think that's a great edge rusher, ideal fit with the Lions to add on. So they, they've got a bright future, I think. Um, they just need to, I think, figure out the quarterback position. I'd like to see a little bit more from their pass rush. Um, but there are some pieces here, so that's, it's not all for naught in Detroit. And I agree, and Matt, you took a lot of the words out of my mouth, but I agree with both of you. Um, I have five wins. They're going to lose a lot of games this year, and they're going to look bad. They're going to look real bad at times. But I am obsessed with the way they're going about this rebuild. I love it more than I than I thought when I started looking into this team and how they drafted. Um, not to beat the dead horses of what you all discussed, but if Jonah Jackson, they drafted him third round last year. Good offensive lineman out of Ohio State. Um, a, 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 he's, he is someone that competes. He is a hard-nosed type player. If he improves to a into a quality lineman this year i think that the lines could have a top five line in the nfl like it could be that good i mean ragnall's great sewell can yeah. be great decker is great i mean the only question mark then you're looking is it logan um uh stenberg is at the right guard but everything else is set and by set by great players so if jonah jacks could improve this is a uh this is a great offensive line and it's relatively young. The oldest player on that line will be Decker, who was drafted in 2016, which this is, what, his sixth season? So mm-hmm. this is a line that can, you know, this could be a core that really develops um, over time. So I love that. I also love the Michael Brockers trade, not necessarily because of Michael Brockers himself. He's a fine player. He, I don't think he can anchor a line anymore in this career. I don't know if he really could at any point in his career, to be honest, maybe except on a couple of bad Rams teams. But you know, I think that the idea of let's address our defensive line and our offensive line, and not just through the draft, let's make sure we have a rotation of guys that come in here. And we've talked about this a number of podcasts, but the best defensive lines are the ones that you can rule eight deep and get them to take plays off and bring guys in on third down who are fresh and get after the quarterback. Those are the best defensive linemen or defensive lines. And you have, you know, you still, you see a little bit of making of that. Now they drafted two defensive linemen. They have Deshaun hand again, a, 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 a pick a fourth round pick in, in 2018. So I I'm obsessed with the way they're going about this and even identifying the talent, you know, one name that we haven't brought up yet. Um, it was Romeo Aquora, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, from uh, brought him over from the Giants, and they probably paid a little bit too much for him, but you know, productive, and he is one of those low key signings that could end up playing a big part. So I really love what Brad Holmes is doing, and I agree. I think there is synergy. I hate that word. I think there's alignment um, between the front office and the coaching staff, which you really haven't seen. Uh, so far so the other thing I will say though the secondary and again they're going to lose a lot of games they're going to look bad doing it Um, the secondary is is if if Jeff Akuda plays to his potential the then the secondary is only uh, horrific 
if he plays as poorly as he did last year, the secondary is catastrophic. They won't be able to start anybody. But that's okay because they're not, you know, they're not winning this year. But I, I just cannot talk enough about how awesome it was and how awesome it is to see a team rebuild. You know, I, how I think is the right way. And the other thing that I think is awesome is that they're saying screw, they're starting to treat how I believe NFL teams should do for rebuilding teams. If you don't have, if you're not good, don't pay for a running back. Don't even pay for receivers. Receivers are like the new running backs in the NFL. You can find one every year, and they think, mm-hmm. hey, if we're not going to win, why, you know, why are we going to pay Kenny Galladay seventy million over four years? Like, what's the point? Um, we're just going to have you throw to Brashard Perryman. We're going to set. We're going to put a couple. We're going to sign a couple undra- uh, undrafted guys, and we're going to, you know, pick one in the middle rounds. But other than that, you know, we're not going to invest a whole lot in it until we're ready. And I love that attitude. I just I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I keep saying it and repeating it, but I really, really do. Uh, this is a high-level rebuild going on that Lions fans, a couple more painful seasons, but these these guys, and I, I hesitate to say about Dan Campbell, but Brad Holmes has proven that he is the right person to get this team turned around. So I'm at five wins. Doesn't matter, though. You guys, uh, the Detroit fans, you are on the right track totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A lot to like about where Detroit's headed. Yep. Agreed. So we will go to the Vikings, who I have a lot to say about them, too. But um, I'll let you guys start it off because I, I went down like a, a rabbit hole on some of the on some of the coaching, which we'll get to in a little bit. But Vikings, um, give them credit. They battled back from a one and five start to get to six and six before they collapsed again. Uh, interesting team. Top 10 uh, offensively, uh, bottom 10 defensively. They were, again, one of only five teams that gave up. Uh, you know, the most rushing and passing yards uh, and bottom 10 in the league. So interesting there. But um, uh, Gary Kubiak's out as their offensive coordinator. Clint Kubiak is in, and they bring back a lot of the same skill positions um, overall and did a little bit of work on their line. So uh, what do you all think about the Vikings this year? I'm I'm very low on the Vikings. Um and I I have them just to be transparent here at the onset. They're they're in the five six win territory. Um, I, I think I had Detroit at five. I've got yeah I've got Minnesota at um, sorry I have Minnesota at six. And the reason is one I don't trust Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has yet to show me that he is anywhere near worth the contract that he signed. Um, and I don't trust that he can pilot this franchise. Um, and they're one, listen, this offense is one Dalvin cook injury away from being a complete and utter disaster. Um, I like Adam Thielen. I love Justin Jefferson. Um, the guy's got a huge ceiling, but I don't really trust Kirk cousins, um, to pilot this team to anything more than, than five or six wins. Um, and the defense, the defense is is not impressive in my eyes at all. Um, I like Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks and uh, Daniel Hunter. Those are really the big people that I see. Um, but I'm not wildly impressed with what else I see. Uh, Harrison Smith is a, a decent, you know, safety. He's, he's been a pro. Bowl safety, um, but he's the only guy really in that secondary. You've got the ghost of Patrick Peterson. You have Xavier Woods, who's eh, not that great. Um, 
and then you've got you know on the other corner you just have a kind of an island of misfit toys uh with brashad breland and Mackenzie alexander and and cameron dantzler and like none of these guys really impress me so i think the I don't think they're going to be great in the secondary. I don't see the depth along the defensive line um, outside of uh, Daniil Hunter being really the only disruptive force. Um, two decent linebackers, but I, I've talked at length about how I'm a little bit concerned if you don't have guys that are eating up blocks in the front four, how effective your linebackers can really be. We talked a little bit about that uh, with the Dallas Cowboys um, and their linebacker talent, but it doesn't maximize their effectiveness if if you've got guys that up front that can't eat up double teams. Um, I will say, you know, Chaz Surratt, uh, middle linebacker or inside linebacker from um unc is someone i really like they drafted i think he's going to be a starter for them uh, or at least an immediate impact type of guy um, but i just don't see it with this defense um the offensive line i love the pick of christian derisaw um but he's still kind of the only guy on that offensive line um it's still not a a, a great overall unit um, and one left tackle is not going to change that. You, you know, we've talked at length about you need you need three guys, at least three guys on that offensive line uh, to really you know have the the makings of a of a top tier unit. Um, there's a lot of risk here for me. Um, there and like I said, don't trust Kirk Cousins. I think you're going to see Kellen Mond by the end of the year. Um, which I thought was a great pick. I thought they had a very nice draft, so I don't mean to poo-poo everything that Minnesota did. Um, they had a nice draft. I loved the pick of Kellamond. I was very high on him. I think he's one of those those kind of mid-round guys that if given an opportunity is has a chance to be a starter in this league. Um, but... And I like the the Adam Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson. Obviously, they're you know I'm, I'm hugely high on Justin Jefferson, um, and he'll still be effective in spite of Kirk Cousins, um, or despite Kirk Cousins. But I don't I don't trust I don't trust Kirk Cousins, and I don't think they're uh, he plays poorly against the Packers. He plays poorly against the Bears. I think they'll lose both of those games because he just doesn't play well against those defenses. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, I think the Lions could steal a game from them. Um, I I just don't really like what I see. Um, and when I take a look at their schedule, there's a lot of losable games here. Um, they could easily drop to Arizona. Uh, Seattle should be favored to beat them. Cleveland should be favored to beat them. Carolina, Baltimore, the L.A. Chargers. Uh, they have to play the L.A. Rams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they could, like I said, they could split with Detroit. Um, and you know, I think Chicago can beat them twice. And so when I, when I add up that total, I, you know, they beat Cincinnati, they probably beat Detroit once they, they can beat Dallas, but even that game is kind of a, a wash for me. Um, and Maybe they can steal one from the Packers or the Bears, but I don't really know. I, I just don't see a pathway for them to win um, any more than six games. Wow. Well, I, I guess this will be my first hard disagree. Um, I I actually really like the this roster this year. Um, I, I think that this probably... 
I think this team could actually threaten the Packers, um, depending on what happens with he who must not be named, um, <laughs> to to potentially uh, compete for the division title. But um, I understand a lot of what Matt said about this team. But if I compare, especially the skill positions, to that of, of the other teams, and I even would include the Packers, but, but I think they compare pretty well to the Packers in terms of their skill position. Um, I think it's no comparison between them and Chicago or Detroit. I think that they, I think they sweep Chicago and Detroit both. Um, there are very few teams that can field um, somebody like Dalvin Cook and then also Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, who I think is going to end up being a top ten receiver this year. Um, I think he is just that talented. the The other guy that people are are sort of talking in whispers about, and again, I know, I'm sorry, it's a tight end. Um, is, is Irvin Smith is, is Irv Smith, um, who's been, who's been with the Vikings for a couple of years now, sort of split time with, with, uh, Kyle Rudolph. Um, he's really coming into his own. He's a pass catching tight end. Um, I think he adds another element to that offense as well. Uh, I think Kyle Rudolph, you know, has really taken a step back in the last couple of years. And I think with him out of the picture, Irv Smith is really going to flourish. Um, I am well versed in my admiration for Christian Derisaw. Um, you know, I, I think the Vikings had an outstanding draft, and I do include Kelden Mond in that. Um, obviously, you know, you know what you're going to get with Kirk Cousins. It's about the team that they've got around him. Um, but I, I don't see him as being a massive liability. And, and candidly, if he is, I, I, I see a lot of upside in Kellen Mond. I, you know, Zach, I think even back back when we were first doing our mock drafts, you had Kellen Mond like in the top 10, just based on where you would take him. So I know you're a fan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Garrett Bradbury is another high pick um, that, that could potentially take a step forward at center. Ezra Cleveland, also another guy that they drafted highly. So there's more potential on this line than I, than I think um, it, it's being given credit for. I understand that they were a liability last year, but if they can take, um, you know, at least some developmental steps, this could end up being a decent line. And again, this, while it was a pass blocking liability, um, this is also the same line that Dalvin Cook ran for a whole bunch of yards behind um, last year as well. The other thing that, that I like about this team on the defensive side of the ball, one of the pieces that they lost, which I think really, really hurt them this year or last year, rather, um, was losing Michael Pierce to um, a COVID opt out. Um, that defensive line could not afford to lose him. Um, and I think that they never really recovered from that. And that defense, you could run the ball on them all day long. I mean, it was just a, a very porous unit. This year, I think they've got a, a little bit more of a um, of a cushion there. But Michael Pierce is back. Um, they also signed Sheldon Richardson. Uh, they've got Daniil Hunter coming back. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, who's played well in spots. Um, the the D line is is I would say pretty good. Um, Anthony Barr, obviously, you know, I think still plays at a high level. Eric Kendricks. Um, uh, the, the the secondary, I'm also not as bearish on either. Um, I understand Patrick Peterson's, you know, getting up there in age. But if you can get, you know, 80% of, of you know, um, vintage Patrick Peterson, that starts on this defense all day long. Um, 
Cameron Dantzler obviously had a little bit of a, of a tough year, but there's there's room for improvement there. Uh, Brashad Breland is another guy that I think could step in if one of those two guys um, is 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 faltering. Harrison Smith obviously getting a little bit long in the tooth, but I think that there's still you know some some good years left in in him. But um, you know I really do I do trust Mike Zimmer. I think this team is going to compete. Um, do not underestimate how much that that opt out of Michael Pierce hurt this defensive line last year. Um, I think this team is going to be markedly better. Um, I think they are easily going to be uh, at least the second uh, best team in this division. I think they compete for a playoff spot. I've got them at 11 wins. Bill, so this is the first team, I think, in the entire time we've done this that you and i are like aligned like i feel like it's usually me and matt and then you're yeah. the optimist you and i are closer than matt and i um in this projection and for a lot of the reasons you mentioned um first i'll start with something that almost ruined that whole optimism train I, i'm very conflicted about them and i i was like how does a team because top 10 offense, the, the, the Vikings were top 10 offense in both passing and rushing last year the only two other teams that were like that chiefs and titans so i think kirk cousins he's kind of the Derek carr of this division uh maybe he doesn't get the respect he deserves and, and sometimes you know rightly so but i think the hate maybe has gone too far for him so i'm thinking how does a team go, have such a good offense and have such a bad defense like what what's the issue there and so i, I was like who the hell is their defensive coordinator looked it up they have a co-defensive coordinator, which was worrisome number one. But the there one of them is Adam Zimmer. And uh, there's nothing I hate more than nepotism. So I looked into this. I'm like, what the hell has Adam Zimmer done in the NFL? And I won't get into the detail here. But let's just say throughout his career, this guy is not the next coming of Dick LeBeau. And that kind of made me step back because if Mike Zimmer is just, you know, unless you're Bill Belichick and and you don't have the gravitas to pull off promoting your son into a defensive play calling position, um, so that makes me question his, you know, uh, his his uh, his judgment everywhere else. You know, if someone shows up to work every day, someone you hired. Not only does it make you question, you know, that makes you question everything else that they do a little bit more. So that's what made me conflicted. But and I don't, and, and I, I don't know if that is a reason enough to be concerned about this team. But it may, it did give me pause. I'm like, okay, well, what what else is he not making great decisions on? But I guess that'll come out in the wash. Um, the things I did. Uh, really love about them is I thought that you know they helped their O-line a little bit uh, I thought the the Wyatt Davis pick was great I thought the Darisaw pick was excellent they have the horses on the offensive side with Thielen and Jefferson I think their third and fourth receivers Johnson uh, BB they get overlooked um, at times but they're solid as well um, Dalvin Cook um uh, is awesome alexander madison and matt you mentioned an injury away i think that alexander madison could come in and give you 80 percent, 75 percent of what dalvin cook could and i think that would probably be enough uh with this team um and then one last thing on the offensive side our our vikings fan said that if um that if dakota dozier is their starting right guard that their whole that their whole scouting department needs uh they're looked at and i don't think that'll be the case i think wyatt davis will win that um you know sooner than later but those are the things i did like they're they added chaz um surratt to help control the middle of the field i mean they have great 
excellent linebackers. Um, the I was going to say uh, that Jalen Twyman, I love that pick from that six round pick from Pitt. Um, but as of today, he actually got, he was like shot in Maryland today, like four times. So I don't know how Yikes. soon he's going to oh, be wow. playing. Yeah. Of like a couple hours ago. Um, but I love that pick. If he gets back into playing shape, I think he can be like the steal of the draft for them. I think he's much better than Patrick Jones who went three rounds earlier, but I'm, I'm with bill. I think they did enough on the. Uh, defensive line to stabilize. I know when we looked at them early in the offseason, their defensive line was garbage, and I think that they did enough to um, get people in the right places where they can, um, where they're going to be, they're going to be okay moving forward this year, especially with the athletes behind them. The secondary is going to be fine, but this shows you people why it is so important. Not you people, as in you, but you people, as in listeners, why it's so important to draft. Uh, well, for the last six years before this year, Zimmer took a cornerback in the first or second round. And none of those guys, or few of those guys, are playing for them anymore or starting for them. So not only did you just dr- spend so much capital, draft capital, into this position, now you have to go out and you have to sign uh, uh, Bashad Breland. You have to sign a Xavier Woods. You have to sign an over-the-hill Patrick Peterson. So you have to then put free agency dollars into it. Luckily, I think the Vikings are good enough a lot of other places where that's not a huge deal. But if you don't draft well, it will come back and bite you in the ass. Um, I think Peterson is not going to be the Peterson that we know. I don't know how well Xavier Woods helps this team, but I do like Breland. I think bringing back um, Mackenzie Alexander uh, is a good is a good look for them. So um, I have them at nine wins total. So not as high as you, Bill, but I think there's they finished second in this division. Uh, I think they're I think the Packers are down this year, even with he who must not be named coming back. And I think that they compete to the very end uh, for not only the div- not only for a playoff spot, but for the actual division um, at nine wins. So, Bill, you and I, close, close than further away. It's it's good. It's it good, is. man. I you know I, I just a, a lot of this is I'm also very and I know we're going to talk about them next, but I am I am not very high on either the Bears or the Lions. Um. But but I but I think that this team has a lot of talent at some key positions. Um, it would be kind of cool though. I mean, depending on how Cousins plays, if if we got to see, I'm I'm very curious to see you know Kellen Mond even you know, he's on the monitor even in the preseason. But um, I think there's there's just a lot to like about this team, and this is a well coached and, and well run um, organization, especially um, you know from what I've seen in the in the draft as well. So a lot to like here. I'm just nervous about the defense and Adam Zimmer. I was shocked when I saw that. And sometimes shit play calling can keep it can keep a side of the ball down. So, um, but Matt, anything else you want to add to that? No, it's kind of interesting. I think this is like the biggest disparity we've had yeah. um, thus far. You know, Bills at the top end with 11 wins, Zach in the middle middle at nine, and I was at the bottom at six. So, like, you know, we're looking at a at a you know over three game differential between all three of us i've not i've not seen that um so yeah it'll be interesting to see i'm just i don't know man i'm just not confident i think this is one of those teams that at the end of the year um you know 
what is that black Monday rolls around yeah. and, and I like Mike Zimmer. I think he's, he's a, a good coach and I think they've just had a lot of misfires. Zach, as you mentioned in the draft at the, at the, uh, a lot of defensive positions. Um, and I, I think this is one of those transitional years for this franchise where things just don't go their way. Um, I think you got teams that are, that are rising in that division. Um, so I can already sort of bet on Bill and I's next disagreement. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they've done enough. Well, I feel like we're all hinting at the Bears here, and Bill and I will probably be closer than um, uh, on this one too. The Bears started the season with the flukiest five and one record um, that I think anyone's ever seen, and then the whole Foles Trubisky thing seemed like it was four years ago or a hundred years ago. Uh, but they, despite all that, they managed to make the playoffs. They were uh, uh, Javon Weems. Uh, or whims uh, concentration catch away from not even a concentration catch a layup catch away from tying the Saints in the wild card game and who knows what happens but Pace and Aggie somehow kept their job they drafted Justin Fields and I see a team that's the 2021 version of last year's Eagles but I want to get everyone else's t- on this one so I hate to say I'm, I'm bearish on the Bears, but um, you were but you were I, you, oh, you were waiting. <laughs> I actually wrote that down when I got out of bed this morning. I was Bill, like, oh, I'm definitely going to say this. Bill jumped in yeah. on this one. Bill doesn't jump in a lot. He jumped in. He was waiting for this. Both feet, both feet. Um, yeah, so I'm not really concerned about the defense. I think the defense speaks for, for itself. I think it's it's. Uh, one of the best units in the league, um, you know, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, uh, Danny Trevath, and um, I mean, there's there's just Eddie Jackson. There's a lot to like about this group, but but I I have a concern. Obviously, Andy Dalton is going to be starting at least in in theory to to start off the season, um, and I don't like. I don't like having a coaching staff that is desperate, i.e. on its potential last year, and a rookie quarterback that may not be ready for primetime. And my concern is if this season starts going downhill for them and Andy Dalton is not performing because, listen, as much as I love Andy Dalton as a, as a, as a person, I think he's a phenomenal human, um, and he had his spots when he, when he um, played in Cincinnati. He was an absolute liability with all of those pass catchers in Dallas. Um, and I think that that spells disaster for him uh, to begin this year. Um, cause the, the talent around him is not nearly what it was in Dallas. And I'm concerned that Dalton gets benched for fields after a few weeks and fields while extremely talented is not ready mentally to, to take over. Or, I mean, you know, and also again, he's working with the same supporting cast, which is not very impressive on offense. Um, and, and I worry that they're going to throw him into a situation where to put the team on his back and as a as a rookie he's just not ready to do that um you know outside of Allen robinson who may or may not actually want to be there um i've not seen a lot from from this group um darnell mooney i think in spots 
has has played okay. Um, Anthony Miller has been a bit of a disappointment. Yep. Um, for as much as he was highly touted coming out of Memphis, he's had some flashes, but candidly, he's not he's not played he's not you know been anything special. Um, they notoriously had what Zach like nineteen tight ends on their roster yeah, at some point 14. last year. It was That's like not it was an like exaggeration. It's a real number fourteen. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost like if I was the GM, which is why nobody will ever <laughs> let me do that. Um, but they've they've got you know what's left of Jimmy Graham and uh, Cole Komet, who you know may have some theoretical upside, but I candidly I'm I'm not really seeing a lot there. So you're basically relying on Justin Fields to, you know, hurl the ball in Allen Robinson's direction and hope for the best. Um and while Robinson is still one of the best receivers in this league, um he can't do it all by himself and he's going to get quadruple covered um in any passing scenario. So a lot of proponents of the Bears would say, okay, well, yeah, the, but they can definitely run the ball with David Montgomery. Well, here's the problem I have with that. David Montgomery won some people some fantasy championships in the last uh, couple weeks of the season. But I, I, I ask you, um, how many touchdown runs did David Montgomery have before the calendar turned to December. Do you guys know? No. Exactly one. He ran for one touchdown. So from Sunday 9-13 to Sunday 11-29, I'm going to read you his stat lines in brevity. So so it's not to bore the listeners. 13-64, 16-82, 14-45, 1027, 1029, 1958, 1448, 2189, 1430, and then 11 and 103. So outside of the 11 103, the yards per carry there was not super impressive. No. Um, but when it turned to December, they played the Lions, the <laughs> Texans, the Vikings, I remember that Texans and game. the Jaguars. And and uh, the 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 Packers, that in in that stretch, he scored three, five, seven touchdowns. Mm. So what this tells me is there's a bias um, in favor of David Montgomery in a lot of people's minds for what he did at the end of the year against really bad defenses. The Joe Mixon, David effect. Montgomery, the, the Joe Mixon effect, exactly. So. Um, for as much as, as you know, proponents of the Bears are going to want to say, well, at least they'll be able to run the ball. And yeah, they drafted Tevin Jenkins and those types of things. That's all fine. Um, but but Dave Montgomery is a below average running back. He's he's James Conner 2.0. Um, and yeah, they may be able to give him the ball, you know, 25 times a game. But that's the only way he's going to get to 100 yards. Um, this defense is going to keep them in games. But I don't see them being a threat for the playoffs this year. They now, all that said, and I know I've been very negative. I do think that Justin Fields is going to end up being a a good quarterback, but it's not going to be this year. Um, I've got them at seven wins for for the year, and and um, Matt Nagy in that regime is 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 out the door on uh, Black Monday. They gone finally, so a seven win season finally kills them. 
You got it. Matt, what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm going to be the divergent one here, okay. um, which I kind of always expected was going to be the case <laughs> after some of our draft prep and things yeah. like that, you know, some of that stuff. Um, listen, this if they start Andy Dalton um, past week three um, after Cleveland, if, if Justin Fields isn't starting by week four, th- this prediction changes. Um, I think... I think they can win of the first three games they have. They play L.A., Cincinnati, and Chicago, um, and Cleveland. Um, they're going to lose to L.A. They can absolutely beat Cincinnati. I, I would project them to beat Cincinnati. And like we talked about with Cleveland, um, this defense is rock solid, and this is the type of defense that's going to give Baker fits. I actually have them um, beating Cleveland in week three. Um, if... If Andy, if at some point in those first three games, Andy Dalton isn't removed and Justin Fields isn't put in, this changes the prediction. Um, but I have them at 11 wins, and that's pending that Justin Fields has a significant amount of playing time this year. He's absolutely ready. Uh, go back and listen to some of the draft podcasts, the draft prep, the the post-draft reactions. Uh, Justin Fields is ready to roll. Uh, he should be ready he should be their week one starter. Um, the guy is going to bring a whole new dynamic to this team. I think he's going to elevate the performance of of an under what has been an um, underperforming receiver crop. But it's hard to perform well when you have the ghost of Nick Foles and Nick, Mitch Trubisky throwing you the ball. Um, so my when I'm looking at this roster, I'll just start with the defensive side of the ball because it's going to be quick. I mean, they're rock solid from. I mean, across the board, across the board, this team is is good in the defensive front. They're deep in the front seven. Um, you know, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn is someone they signed on. Um, you know, uh, Eddie Goldman, um, Bilal Nichols and Mario Edwards Jr. adding depth along that defensive line. Uh, Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan, both great middle linebackers. Jalen Johnson, someone out of Utah who's who's just only gotten better after his rookie year. Uh, sky's the limit for him. Uh, Gibson and Jackson are really great safeties, probably the be- one of the better pairings uh, in the NFL. And then Desmond Trufal on the other side. There's, there's no holes in this defense. Um, I don't see a single one that I'm concerned about. When it comes to the offensive side of the ball, um, they've got Dar- – remember, Darnell Mooney was in his rookie year, and so it's really hard for me to gauge whether or not that guy is going to be good. And he's shown flashes. I mean, I, I'll just go back and reference a play where he dog walks Jalen Ramsey for what should have been like a 98-yard touchdown. And I forget which quarterback, whether it was Foles. I think it was Foles. Yeah, I think it was. Um, overthrew him by 20 yards. And he should have had a 98-yard touchdown. Um, so this guy has tons of, of route running acumen, great speed. He's he's somebody that with a good quarterback that can really get him the ball, I think is going to flourish. He's He's got a ton of upside, in my opinion. I'll agree, Anthony Miller is an absolute... Um, um, disappointment, but they brought in Marquise Goodwin, who I think is the the type of guy who really should be in the Anthony Miller role and will be more productive in the Anthony Miller role. Um, the other guy that that in the post draft reaction I talked about um, and who should be continued to be talked about as someone who I think will emerge in this offense at least in the next two years is Daz Newsom 
from North Carolina. Um, dude is a freakish athlete. Dude can get downfield. Um, like what he has to offer. He's got really good hands. Um, so I am, I'm looking forward to seeing maybe how Daz Newsom might be a contributor this year as well. Talking about Allen Robinson, they're already in conversations uh, about a contract extension with him, and I think he's been rejuvenated by the Justin Fields pick. And and you can almost, you know, you hear it coming out a little bit more uh, after these practices that the more you're around a guy like Justin Fields, um, the more you are excited about the future. Um, and so I think you're actually going to be, you know, surprised to see that Allen Robinson is going to re-sign in Chicago. That's my prediction right now. Um, and they've got three decent pieces along the offensive line. I liked, I loved the draft pick of Tevin Jenkins. I think he's going to be a stalwart uh, at the blind side. Cody Whitehair is a, a good, solid player uh, at the center position. And, and Jermaine Effetti is someone who has been quietly really good at the right tackle position. So you've kind of got the criteria of three good linemen. Um, that we've been talking about throughout the some of these divisional previews. Um, and, and let's not underestimate that when Mitch Trubisky was drafted, one of the appeals of Mitch Trubisky was his mobility, but it was never really utilized. He was always mobile. He was always athletic. And there's, there's a lot of plays you can go back and reference, you know, how he was able to be effective in some of the designed runs and uh, read option uh, things and, and, and some of those types of plays, but he just wasn't that effective as a passer. Justin Fields gives you that entire scope of, of skills that he could utilize and and he's going to be able to make plays in the running game he's going to be a much more effective passer a much more efficient passer um you're going to see an immediate uptick from these wide receivers and let's not forget you know bill talked a little bit about about david montgomery's lack of touchdown production but i'll counter that with they threw eight touchdowns to jimmy graham in the in the red zone so my thought process is they were probably having to throw um, maybe because the ski wasn't that good or or something like that. But may, maybe it's one of those situations where Jimmy Graham vultured some of those David Montgomery touchdowns just based off of the play calling. So maybe if they, you know, if they handed the ball to David Montgomery a few more times, he wouldn't have gone from one touchdown through the first three months of the season to maybe more. Um, that point's neither here nor there, but but I don't know. I'm just I'm really high on Justin Fields. I think there's there's a really bright future here. Um, and and my prediction right now, I've got them at eleven and six. Now, if Matt Nagy doesn't start Justin Fields and he decides he's going to bench him for an entire year, I don't know. They'll go seven and seven and ten. Um, but that's just how much I think Justin Fields can can enhance this uh, this this roster overall. All right, so we are all over the board on the Bears too, which I like. Let's just say first, thanks for the shout out for Tevin Jenkins, the JGEG, and for those of you who do for the new listeners out there, that is the acronym for the John Gruden Erection Giver. Go listen to our uh, pre-draft podcast um, for that. See how that came about. The point on David Montgomery, I think you can always tell what a team thinks about you, not by what they say, but what they do. And 
what the Bears of this offseason did not did not leave me feeling like they believe in Montgomery. They added Khalil Herbert in the sixth round. They went and they signed Damian Williams uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. They added a couple pieces behind him, and I feel like that says what that says enough. You know, it's more about what you say or what you do as opposed to what you say. So I'm um, I, having watched David Montgomery more than I would care to admit. I'm not high on him either. But I started off this segment. I, first, I also can't believe Jimmy Graham is, is still starting tight end in the NFL. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I start off this segment by saying I believe that they are this year's 2020 Philadelphia Eagles. And I think there are really s- some stark similarities. Um, and if you close your eyes, I think you, could, you can kind of see how this plays out. First, let's just start with their offensive line. It took the Eagles a couple injuries to get a terrible offensive line. The Bears just naturally have it from Ryan Pace. Um, I know you said you liked them, Matt. I think James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, Elijah Wilkinson are like bottom of the barrel offensive linemen that have starting experience. They were just like, okay, well, who can we who can we sign that has had or who can we keep that has some ex- starting experience? Okay, we'll keep these guys. Uh, Fede has been okay. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, I think, will be great. Um, but that's four-fifths of an offensive line that I think is is bad. And if you think about last year's Eagles, they had the same thing, only they had some injuries happen first. So I think that you know one-to-one, that's kind of the same. I think that both teams, they also had holes in their secondary. Matt, I know you said you like the secondary. Desmond, they traded Desmond Trufant for um, uh, Kyle Fuller. That is not a. They didn't actually make the trade, but they signed Desmond Trufant from the from the uh, from the Lions, and they uh, and then Kyle Fuller left for the Broncos. Desmond Trufant is not the player that Kyle Fuller is. Uh, Tashawn uh, Gibson is not that great of a safety anymore. Jalen Johnson played well as a rookie. But I don't know if you can bank on him playing great uh, as a, in his second year. Eddie Jackson has been good. So I think, you know, you think of last year's Eagles teams, they also had holes in their secondary uh, as well. That was from ineffectiveness. They made a couple – they made a, a trade with the um, – to get who from the lines that didn't pan out. I can't – I'm blanking on it. blanking on his name now. Um, they traded for a cornerback from the lines to, to help bolster that secondary last year. It didn't pan out. So those are two similarities. Terrible offensive line, holes in their secondary. Then you look at the weapons from last year. You know, pretty much they had one go-to guy that they felt comfortable with. Everyone else was just a guy. Last year for um, uh, for the offense, it was Dallas Goddard was the one who showed up um, when he came back from injury. He was the most consistent receiving threat on that offense. And this for the Bears, it's Allen Robinson. I mean, yes, there's Jimmy Graham. Yes, there's Cole Komet. There's maybe a little bit more potential, I feel like, with this group than the Eagles of last year. But still only one guy that I think you feel or the quarterback would feel comfortable with. So, again, similarities there. I think that um, the they have a rookie QB who – some might not think is ready, but is going to get through a mobile rookie QB who some might think isn't ready, but could still get out, make some plays with his legs. Looks okay. Justin Fields, everything you hear about him has been great so far. Um, you know, and then um, Jalen Hurts had a good start or a good end of the year last year. And the last thing is an aging defense. And I know that 
they're not necessarily old, old in terms of age, but I will say not all snaps are created equally. The Eagles team was relying on Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, uh, you know, uh, uh, guys who guys who were 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 old and have been aging for a while. This Bears team, this will be the third year that they are responsible for carrying this team. And maybe even the fourth year in a row, they're responsible for carrying this team. And those snaps, when you when you can't let a team score 17 points, those snaps are very different than the Chiefs' defense that gets to run out there in the third quarter with a 17-point lead. And I think you know, Khalil Mack drafted in 14. Um, um, uh, Hakeem Hicks has been around since you know 2014. Um, Eddie Goldman since 15. Danny Trevathan, Robert Quinn also getting older. I think that this is maybe where you start seeing some potential injuries. This is where um, you start seeing cracks in that armor. So I think that, and this might be a ballsy take. This might be one. I might be super low on them. The defense could actually play really well, and I could, you know, look like an idiot. But with all that baked in. I have them at four wins this year. I think that they are very much like the Eagles of last year. I may, Dalton maybe isn't as bad as once to begin with, and they don't go down that fast. They don't go down bad record, but I don't see how they get more than four wins uh, this year. I know that was a lot. <laughs> well, we got a lot of disparity here. <laughs> a lot. I mean, Indeed. do you guys see the, the the comparison? Would you agree, disagree? I, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, they kind of seem like this to me, but I don't know if I'm taking crazy pills. I don't know. I think the Eagles the Eagles were sort of, uh, I don't know. They were, they were, the other part that maybe you didn't factor in is just the, the horrific quarterback play and also all the injuries that they had. Because um, I think, I think, I don't know. And it, again, this probably depends, and maybe you're seeing a little bit in in Zach being low, me being high, and Bill kind of being in the middle in terms of how you feel about Justin Fields and his ability to turn this this team around. Um, from you know, I'm I've been the highest on Justin Fields from the beginning. Bill's been kind of in the middle, and, and Zach's probably been the lowest of the yeah. three of us. Um, so maybe that's that's kind of the influencing uh, component here. But let's not forget. This was a playoff team last year. They're one year removed um, from being a playoff team. And all I see is you have a playoff team that I think improved. So you have a playoff team that added a franchise quarterback. You have a playoff team that added a left tackle. You have a playoff team that, yeah, I understand the the Fuller and Trufant kind of trade thing. I get it. I mean, I think, I think Fuller's the better player, but... I don't think the disparity is so wide that that it would tell me that there's a hole in the secondary there. Um, so when I'm looking at this roster, I'm just saying this was a playoff team that that took the the Saints to the brink with Mitch Trubisky, and then all of a sudden you add a few better pieces in some key spots. That's when I look at it and I go, yeah, this team's going to be better. Um, again, contingent upon them actually starting Justin Fields. And, and I also wouldn't underestimate the notion that a guy like Fields can add a couple of wins to a roster based off of just the raw enthusiasm 
that he brings to the table and the leadership qualities that Justin Fields has uh, exuded, even you know, dating back to his time at Ohio State, uh, that some of these guys like like Allen Robinson is going to be motivated to play with someone like Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney. Um, you know, you're you're going to pull out. Um, I think the best. Like we talk so much about having that motivator as a head coach. But having that, like one of the dudes, like a guy that you look is like, yeah, that's the dude. Like he, he's, he's got this handled. That that means a lot to a franchise, and I think that's something that Justin Fields is also going to bring to the table. So um, that's just a, a quick rebuttal. But um, I mean, you know, again, I could very well see him eventually one day having those qualities. I am just hesitant to assign that to a rookie out of the gates. But I, I, see, I see where you're going. Like, everything we've heard about him has been awesome. But I'm just afraid to be like, yeah, he's going to be that guy who gets the most out of his players when it's like he hasn't, you know, stepped foot, you know, on, on, a, in a, tra- on a training camp field yet. Yeah, yeah. It's I, a I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think I think it's asking a lot of a rookie quarterback to be that guy immediate. I mean, you don't just don't see that a lot. I mean, barring like an Andrew Luck type of rookie year, I mean, it's – I mean, some of the best quarterbacks in, in NFL history have really taken their lumps in the first year. So um, I, I think the future is is brighter um, for, for Fields, but I don't think Matt Nagy is going to be around to see it. So that that moves us now to our uh, he-who-must-not-be-names team, the Green Bay Packers. And Kevin King possibly helped accelerate the end of the Packers Rodgers breakup with his gaffe um, at the end of the fir- first half of that NFC Championship game uh, when the deficit became too much for them to come back from. Uh, Matt LaFleur now 26 and 6 through two years as a head coach. Is that because he's good or is that because he has Aaron Rodgers on his team? Uh, I think it's because he has Aaron Rodgers on his team. Um, but welcome pretty much everyone back. Didn't do too much in the offseason. And looking to, you know, I'm assuming that he who must not be named is back. Um, but obviously this changes if it doesn't. I will I'll just go first because I don't have too much to say about them. Um, the first one, from a positive standpoint, well, I think they've been bumping up against their ceiling. I don't see how this team could, can get better. I was looking, I'm like, how does this team improve on what it's been doing? And the one way I think that it could happen is through scheme. And I spoke a little about this in our uh, AFC West um, uh, episode. There is a um, a legitimate uh, ability for them to copy with Joe uh, Barry exactly what the Rams did with their, with their defense. Um, they have Kenny Clark in the middle of their defense, very much in that Aaron Donald role. Not as good as him, but still very much like him. And then Jer Alexander, who is just as good or a tick below um, Jalen Ramsey. So if anyone can replicate that Rams defense and, and see that big of an impact, I think it is this Packers team. And they, it's, you could arguably say that they have better pieces outside of those two than the Rams do outside of Ramsey and in um, Aaron Donald. So I think that that's a way that they could improve. Uh, Mike Patton is gone, obviously. And then the other things that I'll just say is I think that, you know, if, if for this team to really make the next step, they need Rashawn Gary to step up. I don't think that that is likely um, just based on his career thus far. And I just went back to see who could, who could the Packers have gotten instead of Gary at that pick Christian Wilkins, Jeffrey Simmons, the tackle for the defensive tackle for 
uh, the Titans, uh, Draymond Jones, um, and then Montez Sweat, which I thought was the wild one. Just imagine Montez Sweat on that defensive line. And those were just the linemen of that. So the Gary pick looks worse and worse as the years go by. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna step up and improve. And then for the second millennia, they are trotting out the three stooges behind Devontae Adams. I don't get it. Equinamia St. Brown, um, Alan Lazard, um, and then um, Montez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, you can only be so good when you have the three stooges behind you. So uh, Amari, John, Amari Rogers, I mean, could, could make an impact there. But I think this team has been bumping up against their ceiling. I think they've kind of been fluky 13-3 and three teams over the last two years. And I think this is the year, even with Rogers, that they come back to earth a little bit. I have them at 10-11 wins right there with the Vikings to the very end. I, I'm actually I'll maybe a game or two higher than you, Zach. But I'm, okay. I mean, I'm I'm going to say a lot of the same things. I, I think I think the defense is going to continue to improve. Um, I don't re- really view the receivers though as the you know three <laughs> stooges behind Adams. I think Alan Lazard is a legitimate um, wide receiver too. Um, I think he's played. I think he's shown growth every year that he's that he's been there. Um, Valdez Scantling is much more of a one trick pony, but he is good at that one trick, which is running long. And then Aaron Rodgers just like casually flicking the ball 60 yards down the field. (laughs) Um, he's really good for that. I mean, the rest of it, not so much. Um, you know, they, you know, Devin Funchess, Devin Funchess is also on this roster too. And he did uh, opt out last year due to COVID. Um, mild curiosity if, if he makes any noise, uh, in that in that depth chart, um, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Aaron Jones rather is still one of the best backs in the league. Uh, fresh off a new contract, um, you know, even and I I anticipate Aaron Rodgers being back, um, but this team will still be able to stay afloat even with um, you know even without Aaron Rodgers to a certain extent. I mean that's. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but Aaron Jones um, will be able to take a lot of pressure off of the passing game. Um, I do like what they did um, with with the offensive line, specifically at the center position and drafting Josh Myers out of Ohio State. Um, I thought he was one of the better centers in the draft. I thought they got good value there. Um, I think Myers uh, steps in on day one as, and is uh, the, the new center there. All in all, um, you know, it's – it's hard to see Aaron Rodgers walking away and it's hard also to see Aaron Rodgers not coming in and, and doing what he, he did last year. Um, I mean, they're still the, the, the defenses he's going to play are going to be probably a little bit better than he played last year, but the man threw 48 touchdowns. Um, you know, this is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and if he comes back, I don't see any reason why they don't win 12 games. I think they edge out, that now provided Rodgers plays all season. I think they edge out the Vikings just barely. Uh, but to your point, Zach, I agree. I, I think that they, they and the Vikings are are in it until the uh, the till the waning weeks of the season. But I, I do see Green Bay um, re- retaining the the division title at twelve wins. Yeah, I um, just just looking at the roster. Yeah, if Rodgers comes back, they'll win 12 games. They'll win the division. Um, 
and I, I agree with Bill kind of on the Alan Lazard point. Um, I think he's had some injuries, uh, but when he has played, he's been pretty impressive. So um, I think he is a bona fide number two. Um, and I, I, you know, kind of like the, the Devin Funches coming back. Um, I think he's, you know, clearly better than Valdez Scantling. Um, and you know, I, I wouldn't doubt Amari Rogers is kind of a true slot guy. I mean, this was someone Zach and I talked about. Yeah, and, we both liked him. Uh, yeah, we both liked him. He's he's a true slot guy. He just kind of is one of those dudes with a knack to get open. Um, he scored like 16 touchdowns in a season at Clemson or something ridiculous. I mean, the guy, the guy's got a nose for the end zone. Um, offensive line is still pretty good. Uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are are, are probably going to roll. Um, you know, through through opposing defenses again, and this is all pending that Aaron Rodgers is there. Um, but if this is Jordan Love, I, I'd be packing the box. I'd be I'd be hard pressing, um, or, or I'd be doubling um, Devontae Adams on the outside, and and I'd be you know daring uh, the combination of Jordan Love and Alan Lazard to beat me, um, which I don't think will end up happening. Um, but again, if Aaron Rodgers is there and the defense has to account for Devonte Adams, Alan Lazard, uh, Robert Tanyan, who, who was a kind of a breakout performer last year, um, this offense is going to be perfectly fine. So, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, a piece of the puzzle that we wouldn't really worry about. Uh, the defense is a concern for me. It remains a concern has for quite some time, um, outside of J.R. Alexander, um, you know, I, I did like the draft pick of Eric Stokes. Um, Zach and I were pretty high on him coming out of the draft. Um, where where my concern lies is the edge rushers uh, and the edge rushing depth. Um, Preston Smith and, and Zadarius Smith, after they were signed, and, and the Packers kind of uncharacteristically um, you know, brought in some free agent acquisitions, uh, they were really productive in their first season, uh, but there was kind of a significant drop-off uh, in production for both of those guys. And so I just am not overly confident um, that they can truly rush the passer. And when I'm looking at the NFC uh, and I'm saying, okay, I've got to compete with Tom Brady. I've got to compete with Matt Stafford. I have to compete with Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but there's but there's, there's some good quarterbacks. Uh, Russell Wilson, um, uh Kyler Murray's another guy they're going to have to play. They, I don't think they play Dallas this year, but Dak, you know, another, another good quarterback in, uh, in the NFC. There's, if they're going to want to win in the playoffs, um, I just am not confident that they can put pressure on the passer. So even if they make the playoffs, I don't necessarily see them as a true contender. I think, um, I think Zach, you mentioned, like, I feel like they're bumping up against their ceiling. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I'm seeing as well. I think they can, again, pending Rogers is there. I think they're going to put up a lot of points, but I think they're going to give up a lot of points as well. Um, and they're not going to be teams that play that shootout style of game. Um, they're not often that successful. Um, so one of their, one of their challenges is going to be the pass rush. And I just don't see not just to, to highlight Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, but I don't see the depth behind them either. Mm-hmm. Um, really the only notable guy I see is Rashawn Gary. And, and we've talked to that. He, the dude's a bust. I mean, he yeah. just is um, especially given where he was drafted. Um, he he's, he's kind of a, 
um, one of those guys, one of those cautionary tales yep. of a of a shorts and an Under Armour shirt exactly. uh, all star. Like that's he just looks, you know, he looks the part, uh, and he has the measurables. But I just don't see him as a complete football player. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I think there's weaknesses in um, outside of Jer Alexander in the secondary. Um, maybe Eric Stokes can can challenge and overtake Kevin King for that second role, uh, or he'll he'll step in and, and play that that slot or that third role. Um, but I'm not overly high on Adrian Amos or or Darnell Savage uh, or really even the depth that they have behind those guys. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a really good offensive team. I think it's going to be a, a pretty mediocre defensive team. Um, but I, I will say I, I don't think this is a legitimate contender, um, not just to make the Super Bowl, but to get out of the wild card or divisional rounds. So we all have a step back for the Packers uh, this year, which yeah. I, was, I was interested to see if we were all going to have that. But great minds think alike, as they say. Except on the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bears. So I have, the pa- Bears. I have the Packers at, like, we'll just call it 11 wins. Um, have the uh, Vikings second um, with nine wins. Um, the Lions third with five wins. And the Bears last with four wins this year. Okay. So I had the um, Packers winning division at 12 wins. Uh, have the Vikings falling directly behind at 11 wins, um, probably make the, making the playoffs. I've got the Bears at seven wins, and I have the Lions at five wins. All right. I got the uh, the Packers winning the division um, at 11 wins. I've got the Bears finishing in second. Actually, the Bears getting a, a wild card spot at 10 wins. Um, I have Minnesota at six, and I have Detroit at uh, bring up the rear uh, but at a close five so gents we have done it we have accomplished it we have given a season preview to every team or every division uh this year congrats there's a little bit of round of applause very well good job very well done good stuff we have some interesting episodes coming up for the listeners out there we're gonna do you know some episodes that aren't as you know just more fun i would say and not more fun as in these are boring but fun as in you know we talk about reminisce about why we got into football you know who were our favorite players the early aughts i thought that was a great episode idea bill so we'll have some different stuff coming for you to kind of feel and fantasy football talk of course we'll figure out how to do that um between now and and the start of the season but um but yeah, awesome! So, I really enjoyed these with you guys. What were you gonna say, Matt? Yeah. So do do we want to do just a real quick rundown uh, and recap of who we had as the division winners for each one, just to tie a bow on this thing? I think another episode because I cannot go find that right now. Yeah. yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair this is like a whole thing. I have a bunch of yeah. I have uh, scattered notes. I gotta go find. Fair um, enough. I got, I'm, I'm a spreadsheet again. guy. Nah. Spreadsheet See. guy, but. All right, well then let's let's do this, um, folks. We appreciate you, you know, listening to all these. Go back and listen to uh, if you like this one. Go back and listen to the other divisional picks. Um, but Zach mentioned, I think at the onset here, that we've got a new website up and running. Um, so if you follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Uh, go check out the website. And also, just a shout out. Um, we're pretty accessible. So if you have any takes that, that we gave that you didn't like or any takes of your own that you want to share with us, uh, post them uh, to us on Twitter. Either DM us or um, put a comment underneath the episode posting. 
Um, and the other thing that we'll ask is if there's any articles you want to see, any lists or uh, any ideas that you have of content that you'd like to see from the three of us, um, shoot us a note. Let us know. We're happy to put some, some good content out for you guys. Love it. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and always a pleasure, Matt and Bill. Take care, As friends. As always. Right, peace out.